there is none like you. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. Do you believe that there's none like him? I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I long to do.
gonna end up being uh, a sin night uh, 2.0 2. every Tuesday. And Pastor TJ keep getting up there cutting up like he cut up when he get on that keyboard. Amen. You can't take us into that kind of worship on a Tuesday night. Hallelujah. We can't, we can't move forward after that. Hard to move from that place. Glory to God. But we give God all the praise on tonight. Come on, is anybody excited about Jesus on tonight? Hallelujah. Is anybody excited about what God is doing in their life? Even in a hard place, hallelujah. I'm excited about the hard place because I recognize that if it had not been for the trials and the tribulations that I've gone through, I wouldn't have the strength that I have to stand on his word. I wouldn't know him like I know him if I had not gone through anything. So I thank God for every test and for every trial because it was for my making, not my breaking. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. It's for your making and not your breaking. Hallelujah. He said he wouldn't put more on us than he can bear. And I know when we're in the thicket of it, it doesn't seem like we're going to make it out of it. When we're in the, the thicket of it, we, it doesn't seem like we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but if you would just hold on to God's unchanging, unchanging hand, hallelujah, you will see his blessings. Amen. So good evening and God bless you. Expect some. I can't see y'all now, but I can see the word in there. Hallelujah. Good evening. God bless you and welcome this evening and to our Tuesday evening. servant leaders here in the house of the Lord on tonight. And if you would allow me to, for this short time we have, I just want to share with you really quickly from the word of the Lord. We want to give honor tonight to our apostle, Apostle Dr. Keith Richard and his absence, our senior pastor here, to Lady Tanisha Richard in our absence, to all the clergy and all of the people of God that are in the house of God, and to all of you who are tuning in on today. By way of social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Apple TV, Roku, however you are streaming on today, we welcome you into our live stream on today. I know last week we were having some difficulties, so I pray, amen, that you get the full experience on today and what God wants to speak to his people. So we're going to get right into it on tonight. Whew, Jesus. Pastor TJ, I need you to minister that song at the prayer breakfast. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The cost of the order. Flyers should be out this week. I know I've been saying it, but they will be out and tickets will be available. You don't have to wait for the tickets to, to reserve your seat for the prayer breakfast on November the 13th. We want to come out and support a powerful, wonderful woman of God that will be coming to share with us a friend and sister of mine, her homegirl from Detroit, but she is now residing in Houston, Texas, and so she's going to drive on over and share, amen, with us for a little bit on that morning. And so we thank God for her prophetess, Shawana Bryant, that will be in the house, amen. And then let's not forget that on next Sunday, October the 31st, we have our youth takeover service, amen. And so we want to come out and support our youth. We will have only one service on that Sunday. That is the fifth and final Sunday of October. There will be only one service at
children too are in the house. We want to come out and support our young people as they go forth and as their gifts are cultivated for the kingdom of God. And then immediately following service, we're going to transition into our harvest day festival in lieu of Halloween as the world will celebrate. We will be celebrating harvest day so the children will have great opportunities to get candy and treats and have activities and fun. And it says, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nurse picked him up and fled, but as she hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. His name was Mephibosheth. son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David 
he bowed down to pay him honor. And David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Verse 7 says, don't be afraid. Naturally so, he would be afraid because his father and grandfather, who was the king, has now died. And it was customary that everybody in that lineage, no one could raise up to take the throne. So everybody got to go. So he had just cause to be afraid. But David affirmed, don't be afraid. David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul. And you will always eat at my table. And we're going to close here on verse 8. And the sheep of Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is it, your servant, that you should notice a dog like me? Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Father, that despite how we view ourselves, that your word shall come to pass in our life, that your will shall be done in our life. And there's not a devil in hell that can stop your plan or your purpose for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may take your seats on tonight. For the few moments that we have together on tonight, I want to talk to you from the thought, raise the bar. Raise the bar. When we think about a bar, when we think about raising the bar, we think about a standard. Raise the standard. Raise the bar of and as we begin to look at this passage of scripture, we see that David's father and grandfather died. The Bible doesn't give us much about his mom, but he was in the care of a nurse when the news of their death came. And in her exodus, in her attempt to save him from the slaughter that could possibly come because he was the descendant of the fallen king, she dropped him. He failed. The end result was he became lame, disabled. His legs didn't have any motion, any feeling. He lost sense. And he ends up in Lodabar. Lodabar means no pasture, no word, no communication. We would probably call it as in today's terms or in today's lingo, we would probably say it's a, a, a no man's land. It's middle of nowhere. It has a very negative connotation associated with Lodabar. It was a place of isolation, a place of desperation. And here, this descendant of a king who comes from a royal lineage who should have been living in a palace and living his best life has now become disabled and is in nowhere, no place, Lodabar. Mephibosheth in Hebrew means from the mouth of shame. And so we're not starting off with a good pattern here for little old Mephibosheth. And so as he is summoned by David, as David is looking to pay homage to Jonathan because of the relationship and the loyalty. At one point, you find in the text where they said to each other that I love you. They had such a relationship. People were trying to distort the love that they had for one another, but it was a genuine love. 
from man to another man who was best friend, BFF, as we would call him today. Jonathan chose to be loyal to David even over his own father. That's a relationship. And so as a result of this loyalty and as a result of Jonathan no longer being there and Saul no longer being there, David begins to make an inquiry. Is there anybody left of the royal house? And so as the servant comes forth, he comes forth and points out that there is one and his name is Mephibosheth. As David sends for him and Mephibosheth presents himself to not only king, David. David begins to tell him what he's going to do for him. I'm going to restore all of the land that belonged to your grandfather, your father. I'm giving you back everything that the enemy stole from And he replied very interestingly. He, he says in verse 8, who am I? If you don't know who you are, you set yourself up for somebody else to define you. So we have to get to the place where we understand who we are, and more importantly, who we are, but who he says, who am I? Why should you pay attention to me? What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog? Not just a dog, but a dead dog. Means I'm lifeless, I have no more purpose, I have no more use, I'm just a dead man walking, and not only am I a dead man walking, I'm a dead dog, I'm roadkill. What have you gone through in your life that would make you have this thought about yourself? As we were in worship, we began to talk about the cost of the oil. And I began to share even as we were worshiping that I've gone through some things. As we all have. If we were to open up for testimony service tonight, we all got a story we can tell. That will cause each of us to grab a tissue. Because even our, tish, our issues have tissues. Have times. That's from the play if y'all didn't catch that. And so, we have to be careful that we don't allow our issues to define us. We can't allow people to define us and we can't allow our issues to define us. But, what happens in life is because we made a few mistakes along the way, and even if we didn't make mistakes, but we've experienced a little turbulence along the way, we begin to allow that to shape our perception of who we are or who we can be. But God sees more than us. He, he said, I knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. I put purpose and I predestined you even before you were a twinkling in your parents' eye. And, and so if he has thought that much about us since the beginning of time, then how is it that when we manifest in the earth realm and when we become who we are, that we begin to digress? And I'm nothing. Created in his image, but yet I'm a dead dog. 
us to change our thought process tonight. It's time for us to raise the bar. And not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, but some of us don't even think about ourselves at all. And I'm not talking about having a selfless life that you don't think about yourself and you count others before you. I'm talking about having self-esteem and having a sense of pride and having a sense of identity in Christ because I am an ambassador of Christ, because I am the head and not the tail, because I am above and not beneath, because I am the lender and not the power, because I am more than a conqueror, because I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I'm talking about knowing who you are in God because I am the apple of his eye. But the question will become, how do we get to the place that we begin to think about ourselves as merely a dead dog? Well, let's go back to chapter 4, where Mephibosheth experienced something very tragic in his life. Not only did he lose his daddy, and not only did he lose his granddaddy, but he lost his legs. The person who was supposed to protect him and the person who was supposed to provide for him and the person who was supposed to nurture him and the person who was supposed to take care of him dropped him, causing a permanent, causing a permanent ailment. And those of us sitting in this room tonight we begin to look back over our lives, I'm sure we can begin to recollect where we were dropped. Mama didn't love me the way that I wanted to be loved. Daddy didn't affirm me the way that I wanted to be affirmed. Husband didn't validate me the way that I needed to be validated. Children didn't respect me the way that I needed to be respected. Teachers talked about me. Aunts and uncles called, talked about me and told me what I was never going to be. They put We were okay with being one. Because if I'm in Lodabar, then nothing else can happen to me. If I'm in Lodabar, then I can't get no worse than this. I can't go no lower than this. So if I stay in this place called Lodabar, then I can't experience no more rejection. I can't experience no more heartbreak. I can't experience no more abandonment. I can't experience nobody else dropping me. Because I've been dropped as low as I can be dropped. But today God says raise the bar. It's time to come out of low bar. We've been in low bar too long in our minds. And we're not moving in the things that God has called us to move into. Because our minds have kept us in prison. Because of how we think about ourselves. I, I'm not worthy to do that. I, I'm not worthy to receive love. And so we get into a relationship and we sabotage the relationship. We find all kind of ways to bring destruction to it because I'm in Lodabar and I'm stuck back when the ex did this and the ex did that. And so now every time I get into a relationship, I'm looking through the lens of my ex and what they did to me. And so now from the mouth of shame I'm embarrassed 
I was a teen mother. I can never be no more than this. So I might as well just keep having babies and stay in Lodabar. I got too many kids to go back to school and try to get an education, so I might as well stay here in Lodabar. Well, at least I got, you know, the baby daddy. He halfway cheat on me, but, you know, he come around every now and then, so at least a half a man is better than no man. I'm in Lodabar. He might raise his hand to me, but, you know, that's just because he loved me. I'm in Lodabar. And God says tonight, raise the bar. We have to compare our standards against his. I told you last week, if you don't know the promises of God, pick up this book and begin to read. If you don't know who you are, pick up the Bible and begin to read because he begins to tell you who you are. And instead of reading the names of those that have already been through their experience, instead of reading the names and calling out their names as you're reading through the passages of scripture, begin to put your name in the text and begin to see yourself coming out. Begin to see yourself as being victorious. Begin to see yourself as sitting at the king table. Begin to see yourself as your land being restored. Everything that the enemy tried to take. Everything that the enemy wanted to take. But the first and foremost thing that he is after is our mind. Because if he can get our mind, then he has the rest of us. Because it first starts in the mind. God thought about us. <laughs> he thought about us. Y'all forgive my ebonics tonight. He thought it. And so it was. <laughs> he thought in the beginning was the word. He thought about us. He thought about the light and the earth being full of void. And he began to think about how he wanted it to happen. And as he began to think it, he began to speak it. And as he began to speak it, it happened. But it started with a thought. We have to change our until I can think that I can raise the bar. But as long as I feel defeated and as long as I feel that this is the only place that I can ever be in, as, as long as I feel that this is the best that I'm ever going to get, then I'm going to stay right where I am. But we got to raise the bar. Benjamin Disraeli says this, nurture your mind with great thoughts for you will never go any higher than you think. So if I'm thinking here, I'm not trying to raise the bar. Because there's a ceiling, there's a cap on my thought process. And that's why Romans 12 tells us to be not conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Because it all starts with in here. What I think. If I think that I'm a dead dog, then guess what people going to treat me like? I'm a dead dog. They're going to walk over me. They're going to kick me. They're going to beat me. They're going to throw whatever they want to throw, whatever scratch they want to throw at me. Because that's what I am projecting. Because that's what I 
wants us to come up higher because he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And because I predestined you and I have so much in store for you, I need to challenge your thinking. We talked about the children of Israel last year and how they went into the land, they went to the land of promise, and they saw giants and they said, we look like in our own eyes, we grasshoppers. That's what they thought about themselves. Who told you you was a grasshopper? And here's the thing about grasshoppers. They did a study. You know, grasshoppers can typically jump several feet in the air. But if you take the grasshopper and put it inside of a jar, and you put the cap in the jar, it's going to try to jump. And it's going to keep jumping until it exhausts itself. And then eventually, you can take the cap off, and it won't try to jump anymore. It'll stay in the uncapped jar. Because now it has been reprogrammed to, to think this is only as high as I can go. And that's what the enemy has done. God has said, I have predestined you, and I have created you in my image. But then somebody, something came and dropped us in Lodabar, and now we have been pre-programmed to think, or reprogrammed to think that this is as high as we can go. We tried to fight up against it. When they, when they dropped us, we was like, hey, wait, hold on. This ain't, wait, hold on. Got to be an escape route. But then, Carmine. House got more husband. Divorce happened. Baby died. We were drunk. And then we realized, even though the cap is gone off the jar, hmm, Lord, pardon me, looks so bad after all. When we should have been jumping out, jumping out of our issues, jumping out of our pain, jumping out when we should have been escaping that because I know God has more for me than this. I know God has more. Jesus didn't leave glory to come to this earth to die a death that he didn't have to die for me to live like this. So I know that he has more for me than this. He says in my father's house there are many mansions and I go to repair a place for you. So David summons for him. Thank God for the Davids in our life that see our purpose when we don't see them. Thank God for the Davids in our life that can push us and cheerlead us and encourage us even when we are not having the strength to encourage ourselves. See, he mastered it because he had to encourage himself. So he said, look, I'm going to become the cheerleader for the other people. I have to encourage myself. I know what that feels like. So let me be the cheerleader for the other people so they can be encouraged. And so, he says, is there anyone because this love that I had for Jonathan, I just can't let it bury with his death. I can't let it die with him dying. Is there anybody left that I can show kindness to because of Jonathan? 
Because some of the favor that we receive and some of the grace that we receive is because of the Jonathan that's in our life. Because grandma prayed, because of your grandma, I'm going to do this thing for you. Because your mama prayed for you, I'm going to do this thing for you. I was talking to one of my prayer partners the other day, and we were talking about the children. I say children, they grow into still our kids. And we began to pray. And I was praying for a blessing to come for one and the door to be open. And then she took over the prayer. She said, don't even do it for them now because of me. Do it for me. And so he said, because of John, find me somebody that's still living, somebody that's still connected. Apostle talked about being connected and having the right connections. You better know who you're connected to so you know what is coming your way. You know, you get that call about that rich uncle that you never knew existed. You the last surviving family member, the next to kin that we was able to locate. I don't even know who that was. You better know who you're connected to. Well, you're the beneficiary of all of their land. All of their property, all of these bank accounts, this life is coming to you. Know who you're connected to. And so then the servant says, yes, there's one, there's Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth comes before him. Says, I'm nothing but a dead dog. And then the king sent for Saul, serving people, and he said to him, everything. Not just some of the things. Not just one of the things. But everything. Everything. Your master's grandson. I'm giving your master's grandson everything that belongs to Saul and his family. God says to There's not a devil in hell that can stop what I'm ready to do in your life. God says, tonight I'm giving you everything that the enemy tried to steal from you. The joy that was stolen, the years that were stolen. He says, I am the redeemer of time and I am the restorer of souls. I'm giving you everything. Because above everything, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So I got to stand on my word and give you everything that is due unto you. But you got to raise the bar in your thinking. Because there are some times when people, and I'm guilty of it, try to bless you. You're like, oh no, you don't have to do that. No. Raise your bar. Now I'll be like, thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Thank you. You pick somebody up and they offer you gas. Oh, no, I don't need no gas. Thank you. However, Lord, you want to bless me. Thank you. Praise God. Because next time they might not have it. So get it while they got it. Thank you. Everything. Thank you. You sitting at the dinner table, somebody like, I, I'm going to pay the bill. Thank you. Everything. 
see that bill fighting over tug of war, tear the bill in half. Thank you. Can I get my doggy bag, please? Thank you. Everything. He says, I'm giving your master's grandson everything that belonged. It didn't belong to him. This belonged to the grandson. There's some generational blessings that are being held up in the heavens. I posted today on Facebook that we desire what we don't have the capacity to maintain. And so God is just waiting for us to raise the bar, to come up out of lullaby in our thinking, to come up out of lullaby in our stewardship, to come up out of lullaby in our servitude to him so that he can release the blessings that are generational blessings. Your grandfather, your grandfather and his family. So this ain't even on your level blessing. This is You've got more blessings, but this is grandpa blessings. And, and, and then you're going to get the daddy's blessings. And then you're going to get the blessings that I got with your name on it. But we got to raise the bar. Load the bar. It's time to come up out of load the bar. It, it, it's time to come out. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, and we cast down every evil imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. We got to get to that place in our mind that when a negative thought enters in, we cast it down. When we begin to reflect on who dropped us, we cast it down. Because all that does, the enemy comes to remind us of where we are and keep us in prison so that we're not going into the destiny or moving forward into the thing that God is calling us to. Because when we begin to reflect on the negative we begin to talk about why we can't, why we ain't, why we shouldn't, why we couldn't. But God says tonight, raise the bar. We got to renew our minds tonight. We got to renew our thought process tonight. We got to stop looking at ourselves like dead dogs. And we got to speak life and life more abundantly. We got to get to the place where God, I know who I am. I know whose I am. God, I know who you said I was, and I don't care who doesn't validate me. I don't care who validates me. I don't care what they say I am. I don't care what name they put on me. But God, I'm standing on your word. And I will no longer talk from the mouth of shame. I will no longer allow what happened to me to bring condemnation in my life. Because he says, there is no condemnation. For them that are in Christ Jesus. So I have to cast down my thoughts and I got to renew my mind and I have to raise my bar and I have to see myself how God sees me and I have to see myself in the position that God sees me. I have to esteem myself just a little bit higher and not being cocky and not being arrogant, but being confident. Being confident. Because I belong at the King's table. So he said, I'm giving him everything, you and your sons and your servants. Must farm the land for him. There's some things God is going to give you that he's going to send you to help to do. You've been trying to figure out how it's going to happen. You're trying to figure it out. He already worked it out. 
He's just waiting for you to raise the bar. He's just waiting for you to raise the bar. He's just wondering when the king calls, are you going to call it because you think you should be dead and because you have come to the conclusion that you're just a dead dog? Or when the king calls, are you going to show up for the call? Oh, my God, what is he calling me for? Because Mephibosheth, with his lame self, could probably found somebody to take him out the back way. I'm not going before King David. But he went. And so when we get the call from the king, we just got to show up. We just got to show up for the king. He says, you must bring in the crops. Then he'll be taken care of. I will always provide what he needs. That's a man talking. That's King David talking. So what more will King Jesus do? Jehovah Jireh. He says, I am your provider. El Shaddai. online viewing this message tonight. 
you recognize I've been in love with a lie. And I don't know the way. You first have to know the way. He says, I am the way. No, none shall come to the Father except through me. So first you got to know the way out, and he is the way out. And so tonight, if you would say, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I want to recommit or come back to him tonight. We have our intercessors on the altar if you're in the house, and if you're viewing online, it's real simple. One thing I appreciate about the teaching of our apostle, he always asks, did forgiveness or repentance come first? Jesus has already forgiven you. Before you even open up your mouth to repent, he's already made a way of forgiveness for you. So all you have to do is open up your heart and receive from him tonight. Don't stay in Lodabar because the enemy has told you you've done way too much to come. Don't stay in Lodabar because the enemy has told you that you've hurt too many people, you've lied, you've cheated, you've jerked and jived and done all that, and God don't love you. The devil is a liar. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The world includes murderers, rapists, child molesters, drunks, adulterers, come on, liars, deceivers, manipulators. Homosexuals, the world includes a whole lot of folk. Amen. So come tonight. Amen. Come by the low bar. Raise the bar tonight. Raise the bar. And I'm never be a bench person, but I watch people that do. Sometimes when they're benching, they need somebody to come and help lift the bar up. Tonight, amen. Thank you, Brother Casey, a spotter. So tonight, let us be your spotters so that you can come. We can help you raise the bar up tonight. You don't have to stay in low The king is calling you to the table. The king is calling you out so that he can restore what really belongs to you. So that he can restore you to the place that he desires for you to be in. So if you're watching online, for those of you who are in the house, you can come down. If you're watching online, would you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you. For loving me when I didn't love myself. For loving me even when others dropped me. For loving me even when I was stuck in Lodabar. You said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. So God, I thank you for your word on tonight. That comes to remind me that you have another place for me to be. So tonight, I receive you into my heart. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe that God the Father raised him from the believe one day he's coming back sooner than we know and I want to be ready I don't want to be in low bar I'm raising the bar tonight so come into my heart Lord and make me over in Jesus name amen if you have made that your decree on tonight would you hashtag in the box for us tonight hallelujah so that we know that you have prayed and that someone can reach out and follow up just hashtag the word wash. Amen. That Jesus is washing our minds. He's renewing our thought process. He's washing the impurities away from our thoughts on tonight. Hallelujah. And then we invite you to send your prayer request to prayer at elevate 
www.thechurchcr.com. And please uh, include your contact information, whether it's an email or a phone number, so that we can follow up with you and pray with you, because we want to be your scholars. We want to help you lift that bar. Sometimes when you've been in a place too long, when you get a little weak, and you don't have the strength. But if you're willing, we'll come and we'll assist you in the process. So make sure you leave contact information so that we can follow up with you. We're not going to harass you. We're just going to believe God with you because he has greater for you. Amen. All over the building, if we can stand on tonight, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you on tonight. We thank you, Lord, We thank you, Father, that no matter what we've done and no matter where we've been and no matter how low we feel or even think about ourselves, that, God, you think highly of us. That, God, we are on your mind to the point that the angels ask, who is man that thou art mindful of him? So, Father, we thank you that your thoughts for us are good and your thoughts for us are pure and that tonight, God, you're coming to renew our mindsets and to transform our minds and our thoughts, God, that we can see as you see and think as you think. Lord, we thank you tonight that we are raising the bar. We are coming out of Lodabar. We are coming out of that place that has kept us isolated. We're coming out of that place that has kept us in prison. We're coming out of that place, Father, that has kept us from purpose. And tonight, we receive your destiny and your purpose and your will for our for we know, God, that you desire more for us than we even desire for ourselves. And as Apostle often says, that your no is our best yes. So we make a decree, God, to trust you and to trust you in the process. We thank you that you are restoring even generational blessings on tonight. And we thank you that you are breaking generational curses on tonight. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we shall be exactly who you said we will be. And we will not allow no one to drop us again. We will not allow those that did drop us, Father, to continue to haunt and torment us. But, God, we're going to walk in the liberty in which Christ has made us free tonight. So, Father, we thank you for raising the bar. And we thank you for the spotters that you are assigning to our life to help us raise the bar. We thank you for the Jonathans that, God, because of our connection to them, God, we are inheriting blessings. And we thank you for the Davids that see our purpose even when we don't see it in ourselves. God, we glorify you tonight. And we pray now, Father, that you will touch every person in this place, even me, Lord. That you will touch every person viewing this live stream, God. And that, God, you will begin, Father, to flood their hearts and to permeate their hearts tonight, God. That, God, they will think, Father, as you think of them. In the name of Jesus, we cast down every label that is contrary to your word. We cast down every name that's been given to them, God, that was not a name that you did not assign. We cast down, Father, every brokenness and every broken place and every dry place in their life now. And we thank you for the springs of refreshing that's come to bring new life, that's come to restore.
restore and that's coming to revive them tonight in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you all the glory, the praise, and the honor. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray on tonight. Come on, if you believe God, give him a hand and clap of praise in this place. Would you just make a declaration in this house that tonight I'm raising the bar? Hallelujah. Listen, we've come to the place of service that we can all participate tonight. And that's our worship and our giving. So if you did not receive an envelope,